You're listening to The Souvenir Shop, a podcast about random objects from the past. Number 43. Swing Time. A pre-recorded VHS tape, which for several years now, I have been unable to play, having ditched our video recorder well over a decade ago. It's a recording of the Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers 1936 musical, Swing Time. Sometime in the early 1980s, Woolworths began selling videotapes of classic Hollywood films for the then low price of £5.99 each. As soon as they advertised this, my father went to the nearest branch of Woolies and bought the entire set of Astaire and Rogers RKO Studio musicals, from Flying Down to Rio all the way to the story of Vernon and Irene Castle. Swing Time is their best film, which puts it in contention for the title of Best Hollywood Musical, full stop. While Top Hat has its moments, it's also a little leaden in its plotline, and has a terrible finale entitled The Piccolino. Swing Time, on the other hand, is as light as a souffle and features their finest songs. The Way You Look Tonight, A Fine Romance, Pick Yourself Up, you can compare both films if you like, because all the great Fred and Ginger musicals are regularly available on BBC iPlayer. Except in this case you can't. Swing Time is not available, and hasn't been shown on British television for over a decade. As someone who has seen the film several times, I immediately knew why the film wasn't on iPlayer. In fact, the issues surrounding Swing Time were dealt with at length in a documentary presented by David Harewood a few weeks ago. In a nutshell, one of the centrepieces of Swing Time is a solo dance number called Bojangles of Harlem, in which Fred Astaire appears for the first and only time in blackface makeup. But Bojangles of Harlem would now lie forgotten, and certainly wouldn't have aroused the justified anger of Harewood if it wasn't arguably the greatest dance sequence of Fred Astaire's career. Up there with Gene Kelly's Singing in the Rain, up there with anything by the Nicholas Brothers or Michael Jackson. Astaire, dressed in the style of sport in life, dances in front of three giant shadows, all repeating his every move. It's as brilliant as it is mesmerising. In Zadie Smith's 2016 novel, also called Swing Time, the main character, a young mixed-race dancer, talks about seeing the film in adulthood and only realising for the first time after many viewings how she was so captivated by Astaire's performance that until then she totally failed to register that Astaire was performing in blackface. So, how do I feel about the film now? I spent several years trying to justify the scene to myself. Astaire's performance was a well-meant tribute to his tap-dancing hero, the African-American Bill Bojangles Robinson, I said. Forget the questionable makeup, it's the greatest dance performance ever captured on film, I said. Wrong, wrong, wrong. In the end, it's not hard to work out. Bojangles of Harlem is a five-minute masterpiece, and the BBC is 100% right not to show it. I grew up with two very left-wing parents 
who abhorred racism and were not averse to upbraiding friends and relatives who made racist remarks or told racist jokes. But they would happily sit down to watch any old Hollywood film, no matter how dreadful, if it came from the golden age of roughly 1927 to 1955. If the film involved Eddie Cantor or Bing Crosby, or on that one occasion Fred Astaire, appearing in blackface, they glossed over the matter, as if it didn't exist. It's understandable in some ways, because Hollywood was a commercial product of its time. The first full-length feature emerging from Hollywood was in 1915. The film in question, Birth of a Nation, announced to the world that the art of filmmaking had come of age. It had a complex plot, subplots, relatable characters and tense, exciting action scenes. It was also a three-hour love letter to the then moribund Ku Klux Klan, triggering its massive 20th century revival. The first time I ever heard of the film was in Peter Bogdanovich's 1976 movie Nickelodeon, about the birth of cinema, a comedy vehicle for Ryan O'Neill and Burt Reynolds, in which our hero ends up at the cinema watching Birth of a Nation and marvelling about the possibilities of the new medium. At no point do any of the characters say anything along the lines of Nice movie, shame about the racism. But in fairness, in 1915, not many white people did. The first commercial talking picture was The Jazz Singer, which, as many know, starred Al Jolson in the title role, trying to pursue his career despite the disapproval of his rabbi father. Jolson was at the time the world's biggest singing star and specialised in, you guessed it, putting on black makeup and playing the simple Jim Crow stereotype beloved of audiences a century ago. Imagine if the first book printed by Gutenberg was not the Bible but Mein Kampf. Or instead of Space Invaders, the first popular commercial video game involved shooting runaway slaves. How would we feel about both media now? This gives us some idea of how troubling Hollywood's attitude towards race was, and continues in many cases to be. Now, having said all this, I don't want to either join in or contribute to any arguments about cancel culture. I don't want to add to the culture wars, preferring to let idiots like Toby Young in the media and Lee Anderson in the political class scream their inanities into the empty heads of their fans. Bojangles hasn't been cancelled because anyone who wants to watch Fred Astaire blacking up for the Hollywood cameras can easily find it on YouTube or rent Swing Time online for just £3. Also on YouTube, if you so wish, you can watch Birth of a Nation in its entirety. But what I still can't fathom is how recently I barely registered anything wrong with Bojangles of Harlem or for that matter Al Jolson or Rhys Shearsmith in The League of Gentlemen, or David Walliams in Little Britain. One of the very few times I've publicly weighed in on the issue of shows no longer broadcast was when I saw, on a Facebook TV nostalgia group, a post about the sitcom Till Death Us Do Part. It attracted the depressingly predictable comments about its main character Alf Garnett being too un-PC for the woke mob. 
I replied as even-handedly as I could. Its star and writer were both committed socialists and anti-racists, I wrote. The problem is that the satirical monster and figure of fun created by Johnny Spate and brilliantly performed by Warren Mitchell, intended to lance the boil of working-class bigotry, looked very different once Enoch Powell delivered his Rivers of Blood speech in 1968. Powell's words had the effect of legitimising Alf Garnett, taking his views out of the shadows and putting them at the centre of public discourse. And with the likes of Farage and various members of our current government still harnessing this bigotry to advance their careers, it looks as if the spirit of Alf Garnett has now moved from his dingy house in Canning Town all the way to the dispatch box at Westminster. My comment on Facebook met with accusations ranging from me being a card-carrying member of the PC Brigade to an out-and-out -out cultural Marxist with calls for me to be banned from the group. I wasn't too bothered. Such comments merely demonstrated my point, so perhaps I should dismount my soapbox now and get back to the original subject. What about Bill Bojangles Robinson, the tap dancer to whom Astaire so clumsily paid tribute? He became a star on Broadway and made his way to Hollywood in the early 1930s. As was typical, he ended up playing minor roles as butlers or train conductors, except in a few low-budget films with all-black casts. To get an idea of his style, watch the clip of him dancing up and down stairs in The Little Colonel. Oh, and try to ignore the fact that he's partnered by Shirley Temple. Robinson died penniless in 1949. The fate of so many black performers during that era. If you really want to pay tribute to his dancing genius, then forget about swing time. Seek Robinson out on film, delight in his work, and tell others to do likewise. That was Swing Time, written and read by Matthew Diamond. If you enjoyed this, then please like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll see you next time.